Welcome to season two of the Connect FCS Ed podcast. Each episode is geared towards recruiting, supporting, and retaining past, current, and future professional family and consumer sciences educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed podcast. I'm your host, Barb Scully. I'm so grateful to have you listening. Today with me, I have a AP macroeconomics teacher who teaches at Gonzaga Prep in Spokane, Washington. So that's just about two hours north of me here in Washington state. His name is Pat Segadelli, and he is also a children's author to Geo and Banks, Scarcity, Choices, and Trade-Offs. So I'm really excited to have him with us. Welcome, Pat. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here, excited to chat with you and and chat about the book a little bit. And yeah, like I said, uh, excited to uh, get the word out to your audience. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you hear about the podcast? Because that's something uh, that's always intriguing to me, how people find me. Yeah, so I heard uh, about the podcast through um, a gal that I've been working with, Tracy Godat, who um, works with an organization called FEP, the Financial Education Public-Private Partnership uh, in the state of Washington. Uh, I saw that she was on the pod a month or two ago, maybe. Um, and so uh, my connection with her and then seeing her on your pod uh, is sort of what exposed me to your pod and, and uh, you know, prompted me to reach out to you and see if we could connect. No, absolutely. And I love that. It's always it's always exciting to hear the different networking uh, communities that we are all a part of being either economics, family consumer sciences, or CTE in general. I have to say, so for my audience, Pat sent me a book, well, his children's book, Geo and Bank scarcity choices and trade-offs and I read it to my my financial literacy students <laughs> today and in class awesome and thank you for that Appreciate yeah it. <laughs> it was it was so fun um I have a high chair uh it's a chair that's you know, higher than a normal chair and I pulled it out into the middle of my classroom and I sat there and my students, they're like, what's going on, miss? And I said, well, I'm curious, when was the last time somebody read to you? And they were all like, kind of had this perplexed and confused look on their face. And they're like, well, not since like kindergarten or I don't know, early elementary age. And unfortunately I had a few students even say, geez, I've never even had somebody read to me. And then I said, well, you are in luck. I'm going (laughs) to read to you. And their eyes were like, oh my gosh, really? I'm like, yeah. So gather around, gather around. So, and they have a uncomfortable chairs on wheels. Sure, of course. So they all kind of wheeled up around me. And if you could, if only I had that ABC carpet from kindergarten. Absolutely. That that's how it was. And I'm showing you know, all the, the colorful pages to them and the illustrations and having a little bit side conversations as I'm reading your book with them and everybody. And honest to goodness, I have like some, I have some high profile 
students who are <laughs> involved in <laughs> uh, gangs and everybody was just like eyes wide open and just they were that's awesome totally immersed so and what age are your students they are juniors and seniors oh wow okay yeah awesome. so <laughs> so having that kind of um I guess have that floor to be able to to read to them in in that sort of way they are they're children it just yeah. I was talking to my my human development teacher telling her about what I did and I'm it just I it just keeps on bringing me back to the fact that these are children mm -hmm. they're just in adult sized bodies Absolutely yeah and uh you know it's it's also reassuring to hear uh that a high school senior not only likes it, finds enjoyment out of it, but also learns something from it too. You know, we wrote the book and really targeted it towards a second or third grade audience, but there's proof that maybe it spans uh, multiple grade levels for sure. Well, it does because you brought up the uh, great vocab word being scarcity. And I loved how you broke it down in the book where scare city and then it's like, no, perfect no. Perfect for Halloween time too. Exactly. It's perfect. And uh, say, no, it's actually scarcity because I then on the side asked, have you guys ever heard of that word? And I had students who are like, no, no, I don't even know what that word is. Or, and then I even asked them, I like, is there possibly a way that can you come up with, without using your phones, what does it sound like? And I had a couple mm -hmm. of students you know, like, oh, well, maybe it's not having, not having enough of something. I go, okay, yeah. we're on the right track. We're on sure, it. Sure. And then I continued on reading your book where it kind of lays it out right there for them. And it gave them that perfect visual and to be able to say, okay, now that we've learned that term, I want you to see how you can put it into a conversation at least three times the rest yeah. of the day. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, it's, you know, it's something that, um, like we talk about these concepts in this book, maybe it spans grade levels because here this is a children's book to, uh, with the goal of introducing, you know, second or third graders to the concept of scarcity choices and trade-offs. But uh, with my AP macro seniors, part of the AP curriculum is it really starts with the idea of scarcity, you know? So even at the AP level, the whole conversation about economics is not always what students think it is. Uh, and really, it starts with that notion of scarcity and that we're all existing and living uh, in a world surrounded by scarcity. And so I, I, you know, we can never start these conversations too early, but if it takes until junior and senior year to uh, have these conversations with those kids and we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it every single time. What is your history with uh, writing this children's book and yeah, your family? Yeah. Um, you know, I really, I don't have any history as a writer. Uh, I've been teaching for 13 years, all at Gonzaga Prep, and uh, mostly economics, but also taught world history, uh, U.S. history, a couple other classes. Um, my wife, Ashley, she is a former second grade teacher, now works with WSU Spokane. But a few years ago, we had this idea, sort of combining her experiences in second grade with my experiences teaching high school economics, that there's really not a lot out there at the elementary level, not enough out there that exposes elementary school kids to economic concepts and financial literacy. Um, and it's something that we both feel passionate about and we both feel should be starting in our schools as early as it possibly can. So we kind of had the idea a few years ago, you know, we should go in together and, and write a children's book about basic economic concepts. And it didn't even beyond an idea. Um, eventually we 
slowly plugged away at developing a manuscript and stuff like that. But then when COVID hit, you know, like a lot of people, we had some extra time on our hands and we decided, hey, with this extra time, let's dive all in and um, our only goal was to at least have one copy in print. We we're at least going to have something to show for our effort. So during, uh, you know, the last 20 or so months, uh, we went through the process of hiring editors, hiring an illustrator, hiring a copyright lawyer, uh, going through the self-publishing route, book designer, taking it to print. And eventually we had a thousand copies delivered to our doorstep. And, and now here we are trying to get the word out and uh, stress not only the importance of economics education at an early age, but uh, how Geome Banks can help with that. Yeah, no. Well, I loved it. And my and I can tell you, my students, junior and senior year in high school, they enjoyed it. And it gave a great uh, visual representation of what Wall Street is seeing the ball and just kind yeah. of talking about it, just briefly hitting on it yeah. and then going into talking about the bear. I have to uh, pause you right there. And at least uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my illustrator, Jen Walsh. Uh, She's based out of LA and she is incredibly talented, Um, truly remarkable. The work that she does, I would encourage people to check out her website, follow her on Instagram at by Jen Walsh, because you and I both know, especially in the children's book market, one of the things that sells children's books is the art and the illustrations, not so much the content. Um, and you mentioned that page with the the iconic bull of Wall Street. And that really, that to me is my favorite page. The colors on that page just pop in such a way that you can't help but be drawn to it. So yeah, she, I, I cannot give her enough credit um, and have to, uh, you know, uh, certainly uh, mention her to you and, and uh, to everybody to at least uh, check her out and give her a follow. Yeah, no, I definitely will be after after this. So thank you. Thank you for, we always need to point out to those that have supported and helped us along the way, because without them, we wouldn't be where we are, honestly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So your wife is or was a second grade teacher? Yep. So she taught second grade. um, And when our kids were two kids now, uh, five and three, uh, and when our daughter was born uh, five years ago, she stayed home with her for a few years and um, is now working with WSU Spokane uh, in their teacher certification program, um, working with the field candidates here in Spokane, placing them in the schools uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I love, I love hearing how when, when we're teachers, we're not just giving back to our students, we're giving back to our profession as well uh yeah helping mentor and bring on the next the the future yeah for sure and that's what i i think has been so inspiring about your podcast and what you're doing is really trying to approach this podcast from pd point of view how we can help teachers how we can provide teachers resources uh and like you said giving back to the teacher community because all teachers need support and we all need to support each other and Uh, You and I know that as well as anyone. So uh, yeah, that's uh, an inspiration in terms of what you're trying to do as, as far as getting professional development out there. Well, thank you. Okay. So I'm curious, let's, let's break it down a little bit. Can you give me an economics lesson? Yeah, I'd be happy to. (laughs) That's a good starting place. I think, you know, where it all starts in, in, Maybe it starts by uh, addressing the misconceptions of what economics is and what economics is not. You know, when people think of economics, usually they immediately think of uh, money, uh, the stock market, uh, ways to make money. Um, And while that's a part of economics, that's really not what the discipline and field of economics is all about. 
um, economics more than anything is uh, the study of scarcity, right? Which is the first concept in this book. Um, and not just the study of scarcity, but the study of people and their choices uh, when confronted with scarcity. Uh, and so that's why I love teaching economics because economics more than anything is the study of people. And I don't know if you feel this way, but there is nothing more fascinating than people and their choices and the choices they make and why they make them. Uh, and so I think it's incredible to study. So that's what economics really is, the study of people and choices first, and then all those other things come into it. Um, you know, things like unemployment, inflation, growth, and then, uh, you know, money and et cetera, et cetera. But it, you can't get there unless you uh, start at the foundation, which is really what Geo and Banks tries to do and really tries to do it in early age, because the sooner we can uh, get our kids talking about scarcity and choices and trade-offs in their decisions, the better informed decision makers they'll be and the more equipped they'll be uh, as they go through school, um, you know, to, to make hard decisions. Absolutely. Well, and that's something with family consumer sciences. That is our one of our national standards is that decision making. And we have that decision making standard throughout all of the states when it comes to all of our classes. So honestly, economics is throughout all of our core classes, which that's always neat to see that crossover because a lot of times you don't even think about it. Yeah. You just do it. Exactly. Uh, we just do it without necessarily giving uh, much thought to it. But um, I guess that's one of the goals of economics is to, um, you know, encourage people to analyze the decision-making process and really dig into the decision-making process. And I know you know that well with your students, they're juniors and seniors. And I have these conversations with my students because right now, they're being faced with a major life decision of uh, what am I going to do next year? Am I going to go to college? Am I going to enter the workforce? Am I going to take a gap year? Am I going to do this, that? Um, those are all choices that they are confronted with. And uh, ultimately, no matter what they choose, there will be sacrifices, there'll be trade-offs that come with that. Um, yeah. And so I, I just think it's something that uh, never goes away. It's always present with us. Yeah, it, it really, it really truly is. I think about uh, just, just last night, my daughter, who she has been accepted to Central Washington University, which woohoo, go wild. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but her friend came home with her at lunchtime. Uh, so to give listeners in, in you a kind of a background. So the last two days, it's been our family consumer sciences fall conference. So I was able to take Monday and Tuesday off to be able to sit at my computer and be virtually present watching all of the either live streaming presentations um, and or the pre-recorded um, mm -hmm. PD sessions or workshops. So I'm home. And Aubrey brings her, her girlfriend, um, Paisley with her. She takes, they go to school together. Um, they go to our local skills center in the morning mm -hmm. and then they come home and have some lunch and then they, they peel out, go to their other classes at their local high school. But I asked Paisley, I'm like, Hey, so what are your plans? And she's like, she just kind of looked at me and she's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, it's okay that you don't know. Yeah, she's like, for sure. Yeah. And she's like, well, all I know is that I want to get out of Tri-Cities. 
<laughs> that's said, a start. That's a start. Okay. Well, what are you over at TriTech? She takes a, uh, a digital media course and yeah. she's doing amazing stuff. And she really wants to go into filmmaking. And I said, okay, awesome. hey, I could help you out there. Have you thought about FITM? Have you talked to, have you thought about wanting to go over to the West side and do Digi, the Digi Institute or some other mm-hmm. film, local film schools? And she's like, that's too far away. I said, okay, yeah. <laughs> baby steps. Okay. Let's how, how does central sound? Right. They, have, they have a, a film, uh, a film major. And she's like, that would be fine. And so last night she and I, she came back over to my house for dinner and we sat at the computer and I helped her fill out her, her application for central. And, and then at the end of it, she was like, wow, that was a lot. And I go, well, it's, and I'm thinking to myself going, it's not that much, but, Mm -hmm. but going back and thinking about being a 17 or 18 year old might It's like, wow, okay. She was thinking about her future. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's uh, the the whole time there, everything you're describing, you know, considering film and and where she's going to go and she's using economics, you know, she's using that stuff and she probably doesn't even maybe know it that she's using economics as she's making those decisions. Um, But that's the reality for all of us, you know, and I like how you uh, stress it too, because I've stressed this with my seniors that there's a feeling sometimes of these decisions, these choices that they make of uh, a feeling of finality um, that, you know, they, they build up this decision and um, that then that's it. Right. Um, but the beauty of this process is if you do make a decision and you find it's not the right fit, you can make another decision. You can choose to do something else. Right. And so we're continuing to use these economic skills, no matter what's going on in our life. Right. Um, even if we don't necessarily know that we're doing it. Um, and in some ways there's a lot of freedom and liberation in that, where um, if you take some of the pressure off some of these choices, realizing that if you're not happy or satisfied, you can ultimately make other choices and decisions. I think that at least my students find that to be comforting and reassuring when, um, you know, they're confronted with the college process and something that um, feels so significant in their lives and honoring that it is a significant uh, decision for them uh, to make for sure. Uh, yes. And the, it is, it weighs so heavy on them. And and this is something that I even tell, I was telling Paisley last night, and I've told my own kids, along with all my students, it's just like what you said, if you don't like the outcome that you have, you have the power to change it. Mm-hmm. You just have to make a decision. And then I hear students going, I but miss, I'm so indecisive. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I, I am too. But sometimes it's either you make the choice or the choice rules you. So, right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think um, that's kind of the choices that pop up in the book in Geo and Bank uh, are of a lot less consequence and significance. You know, I think about the story and um, Geo moves from a small town to New York City and um, he has to choose what things to bring and what to leave behind because they don't have enough room. They have a scarcity of room in their apartment. He is uh, trying to buy uh, lunch outside his mom's work and um, he can't uh, get pizza, cookie and soda. So he has to choose what he's going to get for lunch because he has a scarcity of money and delves into scarcity of time and stuff like that. Um, And those, you know, those decisions that he's making in the book are really small and trivial. And, but if we're getting kids at young ages to recognize 
that they're making decisions constantly and recognize that process. I think when they eventually get to some more significant and momentous life decisions, um, they can enter that process with a feeling of confidence, no matter what the decision is, um, which is why uh, you and I both know the importance of doing this early and often is is so significant. Yes. Well, you, with your book, it just, it hit home on many levels. So one moving my own Mm -hmm. family, we've moved houses twice and I know how they have felt, but that was also a conversation that I was able to have with my students briefly with reading out loud going, has anybody here ever moved? And then seeing like six to 10 hands kind of raise and say, yeah, and then continue reading and then saying, oh, has anybody ever had to leave behind something that because you didn't, there was no place for it. And then hearing them say, yeah, and they Mm -hmm. mentioned some people said, yeah, I had to leave behind family members or I had to leave Mm. behind certain friends or leave behind certain toys or something like that. Just like in in your book. So it hit home in it hits home for a lot of students at all ages. And I think this is a book that adults can really enjoy as well because I enjoyed it and it hit home for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, some of my first customers when we got the initial shipment were of course, just my close friends. So very much appreciate my (laughs) college buddies that were the first ones to buy it. Um, But I was, I was thankful to hear that they texted and said, this is great. I learned something reading this book. It's wonderful to hear. And, you know, maybe I got to broaden my perspective. It's not just about second and third graders. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely think you definitely need to broaden the perspective. (laughs) It's not just for that elementary age. I think this is great practical uh, advice before our older our older kids so um yeah I think if it's anything too it's a different kind of learning but it also maybe just a, a sense of resilience uh and you know facing incredibly challenging things that none of us ever could have imagined uh and how we can try to get back to a sense of normalcy as a as a society, um, you know, it's all present there for sure. It really is. So I have to ask because I've had another fellow uh, financial literacy teacher and chi- and published children's author on the pod before, uh, yep. Rob Phelan. Have you heard of, because he released a book called M is for Money. Have you yeah. checked it out? I have. And it's funny you say that because Rob and I are actually going on to IG Live tomorrow evening at five o'clock, five o'clock uh, uh, Pacific time, eight o'clock his time. So uh, if you're on Instagram, you can check us out tomorrow. <laughs> I will for sure. So yeah. uh, on Choose FI or which one? Uh, I don't know. I got to contact him. Uh, he reached out to me uh, and he, the connection was you actually, he reached out to me through Instagram and said, um, I think we have a mutual uh, friend, Barb Scully and uh, I think we should connect and, and do this uh, IG live and ultimately, you know, trying to use Instagram and other platforms to um, help support indie authors, especially indie authors that are in the uh, economic or financial literacy space. So the stuff that Rob's doing in terms of that sort of small community of uh, indie authors is awesome. I mean, he's really uh, brought a lot of people together in so many positive ways. Oh, I love it. I, I love I love that I've been, I'm just that puzzle piece connecting mm-hmm. you guys. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. 
Oh, of course. <laughs> I never know. I never know how a pod uh, reaches my audience. It, yeah. Or in, I don't know if you've ever been on any other pods or anything like that, but when you podcast, there's there's really no uh, communication with your your audience. So you don't know if like, oh, if something helped somebody or if somebody is taking your resources and use utilizing them. There's yeah, there's so much that you don't hear. And all you do is kind of hope for the best. For sure. Well, I, I will be honest. This is actually my first podcast that I've oh. ever been on. Uh, I've been on the radio once, but never on a podcast. So uh, like I said, I appreciate you bringing me on and, and I enjoy this format a lot. I enjoy the casual nature of it, but you're right that, you know, for me, one of the really exciting and energizing and fun things about this whole process has just been the people that I have randomly met or come in contact with or cross paths with that share similar, um, enthusiasm for this, um, similar passions for it. And it's really, uh, it's life-giving, you know, and it's, it's you and I talking right here, connecting with Rob or connecting with Tracy at FEP or whoever it is. It, it certainly gives me a lot of energy and uh, I found so much joy in that. As do I, my friend, as do I. <laughs> okay. So we have exposure and we have your history. You gave your economic, like a little mini economics lesson. What? Yeah, I hope that was a lesson. I, I just kind of talked about what economics was, but uh, if you want any lesson ideas, if you're a second or third grade teacher, you can visit my website, geoandbanks.com. Uh, and there's some free downloads there, free PDFs that you can access, um, activities uh, that you can do in your classroom all pretty uh, plug play, uh, pretty self-explanatory. So those are maybe a little bit more uh, fun lessons, certainly for a second grader. <laughs> well, I love that. And I'm just thinking about my, gosh, Miss Rhodes, who is just across the hallway from me here at school. She teaches human development and early mm -hmm. childhood education. And just thinking about like, why not share that, those lessons that you've kind of created for those classes in being able to intricate it into it or weaving it into her, her lessons. Because yeah, for sure. We're, she's talking, she's, she's teaching kids about kids and yeah. that is a, that's a foundation. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the lessons uh, that are, I mean, there's only a handful available on my website right now. I'll continue to uh, build out that library as time goes by. Um, but they're all things that can be easily adapted for different settings. Some of them are things that I do with my high school students that I have sort of articulated in a way that's grade level appropriate for second or third graders. But certainly you can easily use it with juniors and seniors in high school. Great things to use in the home too. Parents can do with their kids. They're they're pretty adaptable. So it really doesn't matter the setting. They, they certainly have an application. So I'm curious with you being a dad of three and five-year-olds, mm -hmm. how do you weave scarcity and economics into your household? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, first <laughs> of all, they have both sat down and they've sat through the book. Um, they told me they liked it. I think they have to say that because they're my kids, you know? <laughs> well, um, no, that, that's where they could be brutally honest. <laughs> yeah, that, actually, that's true. Maybe if they, because they're my kids, if they didn't like it, they probably would have been all that much more honest because uh, we know that that's uh, one of the beautiful traits of children is their brutal honesty towards their parents. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and just uh, even though they're only three and five, um, you know, at their level, talking to them about, um, you know, we all have choices that we have to make, right? Mom and dad have choices and, 
and we're faced with decisions and um, you know, something as simple as they want, uh, they're already diving into the uh, Halloween bowl that we're supposed to be saving for Sunday, but you know, uh, okay, you can have a piece of candy after dinner. Well, there's 10 different kinds to choose from, right? So why are you going to choose a Kit Kat over, you know, so just not necessarily getting too deep into it with my kids, but at least uh, getting them to understand they're always making decisions, right? They're always forced with, uh, to make choices. And um, so hopefully, you know, maybe when my kids get to, to high school, they're a little bit used to it or, or they're exhausted of hearing me talk about it. One of those two will happen, probably the latter. Oh, fun. So, well, how can people get in touch with you? You can follow me on Instagram, uh, Instagram at Geo and Banks, G-I-O. Um, that's a great way to get in touch with me. That's where I, I do most of my marketing is through Instagram. Um, you can contact me through my website, geoandbanks.com. Uh, the website is where you can find uh, the book. If you're interested in purchasing it, it's $14.99. Um, and the website is also where you can find activities that are available for download for free. Um, in addition to that, I also have, um, you had brought up earlier, uh, state standards. Um, I have access to uh, Washington State financial literacy standards and then also um, the Council of Economic Education standards. And Washington State in particular, I've connected them to the book. Um, so you brought up, you know, the standards of decision-making and really the second and third grade standards for decision-making are uh, interwoven into the book. So that's the best way to get in contact with me and, and to support is through Instagram, through the website, and really just, uh, you know, if you enjoy the book and, and like what we're doing, uh, try to spread the word any way you can. Absolutely. Well, that is always the biggest, it's the endearment of being able, you know, you've done a good job when other people are spreading the word so yeah for sure for sure yeah it's uh and it's also very humbling too right when when you connect with somebody that you don't know and um they develop a passion for your project that is sort of organic and uh yeah it is very endearing like you said and also uh, i find very humbling at the same time uh yes well i love that thank you so much for joining and i will be sure to have all of your contacts in the show notes i know i'm going through a little bit of a um a website revamp so i guess for listeners stay <laughs> tuned for the website revamp and i'll have everything available on my website when it's up <laughs> and running again. Awesome. Always you can find uh, the show notes within um, the Simplecast directory that you'll be able to listen this through. So thank awesome. you for joining. And do you have anything you'd like to say? No, just uh, thanks for having me. I'm grateful to you. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I had a lot of fun with this. I appreciate it. It was wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much. And as always, let's continue leading student success with FCS. Absolutely. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the family and consumer sciences, FCS Classroom, sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun and sustainable and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics. From community engagement, leadership, classroom management, to lessons and more, each episode brings a different perspective, offering expert professional development, interviews from a collaborative worldwide FCS community, with the hope that it will inspire and empower you to make informed decisions 
Together, we are better at leading the way to student success with FCS.